You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. We come in peace. How you doing today, Cronkite? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You were running a little bit behind, but I will forgive you. Yeah, it was a, a late night last night, so I was, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I had just woke up when I texted you about 45 minutes ago. Well, I had heard that the reason you were late is because cra- uh, Crazy Amy had you cornered in the broom closet at the cookie factory. Well, uh, as we as we talked there last week, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, you know, the unspoken rules don't be around her, so I messed up. Well, you know, you won't do that anymore. Absolutely not. She's no. crazy. Well, she house. has cats, and she washes them in a the river. So is that the reason you have a cat T-shirt on today? I don't have a cat T-shirt. Yeah, you do. I do not. Well, now, actually, you're sitting here topless. You're looking swole as ever. Uh, how's the gym going? You are a strange individual, Goose. All right, Satchel asked. <laughs> Just answer the question. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm starting slow. I haven't been to the gym in years and years and years, so... It's not, uh, it's not showing just yet, right. but I feel myself getting ever stronger, kind of like the Hulk. You kind of look like the Hulk. I do. I feel like the Hulk. You know, see, no, I always thought you had some blood condition because you're green, but now I understand why no. you're green. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just swole. Well, what was that, Ned? What did you say? You were septic. I'm just septic. Septic. <laughs> How you been, Goose? Goosefer? I've been good. I've been good. It's been busy this week, uh, getting things ready. Uh, uh, we posted on the Facebook page earlier in the week on Sunday, March 21st, 10 p.m. Here to Chew Bubblegum. We'll be on local radio 104.9 WXLR. That's exciting. For one hour. That's exciting. Though. Oh, I am uh, very excited about it, uh, and I know you are too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll also... <clears throat> Uh, I think you can you can listen to those guys too online for our listeners that are not in the local area, mm-hmm. and uh, I think and I was going to ask you this. I'll just ask you this now while we're doing the show. After we do the WXLR show and it premieres, I think maybe like on Tuesday we upload it to YouTube for people that's not in our listing area. Sure. What, what do you think about? Do you think that's a good idea? I think that's a great idea. So, well, thank you very much. I do have great ideas every now and then. Uh, what? Huh? What? I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, you know that's just something. Oh, okay. You see, my head turned and you're talking, making faces at me. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't appreciate that, buddy. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's listen. I'm still waking up. I think I have um, sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Yeah, I'm trying to shake it off. That's the faces you're seeing. I always thought you had narcolepsy. It, that's that's that too. So. Oh, what, yeah, what? and we got new mics, and that sound you heard, again, as repeated last week, was uh, Cronkite moving his mic. Listen, Stop I... Stop touching it. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and... You are worse than a kid that's 13 I, years old and I, discovered I, touching himself. I'm going to go ahead and, and lay this out there for everyone listening. You might as well get used to this sound, because no, I can't No, I can't no, no, you it. might as well not I, get I used to this sound. I cannot help it. Yes, you can help it. Goose... You're going to have to get used to it. Uh, no, I'm not going to get used to it. I'm, I'm ear also, candy. I'm ear candy, and I will do this. That's not ear candy. That is ear candy. That's like ear uh, non-candy. Good one. Thanks. I couldn't think of anything else to say. Um, we are in the process, possibly next Sunday. Stop touching your microphone. It didn't make any noise that time. Well, good. Now it is. Can't you hear that? 
Oh my God, you're killing me, man. We got to have good sound quality. So he's so mad right now. <clears throat> but uh, we're in the process. Maybe next Sunday, and if this uh, gets lined out and everybody's on board, we'll post on our Facebook page. We may be having our round table. That's a good news. That's With good news. Uh, Elliot will be joining us in the bunker, and we'll also have the creepy Kentuckian from DeadPit.com. That's awesome. I'm trying to work that out right now for next Sunday. And uh, <clears throat> if we get all that worked out, hopefully we'll have a uh, two-part show. So the next two shows, if we get it lined out, will be roundtable. Hmm. So one of the topics we'll be discussing will be uh, uh, that uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. And... Uh, We'll be talking about some Kentucky UFOs and other things. So, All right. And we may be talking about you, my friend. Why? Well, I mean, once they come in the bunker and they get a look at you, hmm. they're going to be like, oh, my gosh. He's got, like, Rick Rude body. He's working out so much. I hate you. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. I hate you no, with everything no. in my soul. No, you do not. Yes, I do. No, you do not. I do. You want to start out with some listener email? Mike from Kentucky says, wow, exclamation point. I just heard this podcast for the first time, and wow, 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 wow. That's four wows, in case you're counting. Okay. Actually, I, if you count the first one, that's five wows. I wasn't counting, but go ahead. I think that's how we need to measure our show from now on the wow scale. On the wow factor? Mm-hmm. I went back and listened to all of them, and I have to say, you are, you all are constantly getting better. When Cronkite and Ned joined, I thought, wow, there's six. Then Elliot, seven. Wow, wow. Eight. That's eight, even. Eight, wow. Nine. No, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, this podcast is hitting on all cylinders. Can you all answer something for me? All of you, not just Goose or, and Cronkite. Uh, what got you into the paranormal? What was the one defining moment for you? Thanks, y'all. Ear candy, Roswell, and butt chugs. Mikey. Well, thank you very much, Mikey, for that. Do you want to start out by answering that? I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. The question, Goose, if you don't remember, is... I actually uh, do remember. What got you into the paranormal, and what was the one defining moment for you? Uh, I have always. I mean, ever since I've been like 13 years old, my dad listened to Art Bell. I listened to Art Bell. Uh, I've never... I mean, the first couple of seasons of Ghost Hunters that was on the Sci-Fi Channel... I, I liked it, but it kind of got uh, repetitive after that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, I'm not really much into the ghost hunting. Not that there's anything wrong with ghost hunting. That's just necessarily not my cup of tea. Why are you making a face? I'm not. That's definitely a face. That's because you farted, man. It smells in here. It doesn't. Yes. It doesn't. Yes, it does. It doesn't smell. The only reason, this, you said last week this smells like a bingo dome, mm-hmm. it's because of your gas. I don't think so. Cronkite has like this old people gas. That's not true. But, uh, you know. There is an old person sitting next to me. If anybody is oh, the old person oh, sitting next to me. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, this is just stuff that we always talk about. So. I mean, but it, was there a defining moment? Oh, no, not really. Not really? Okay. Okay. Um, I, I guess I guess what mine would be was uh, you know I always grew up uh, with my dad watching uh, you know Star Trek, uh, Battlestar Galactica, stuff like that, and so it was always just kind of been there, uh, like in the um, you know the space and paranormal stuff. And then when I was uh, one of my previous jobs where I was uh, traveling across the country all mm-hmm. the time, I listened to uh, Coast to Coast, and it was you know that's kind of how I got started in it or kind of. Got interested in it. Well, what was your defining moment? The same way you asked me. There wasn't really one. Oh, okay. It's just always just been an interest. 
Well, you acted like it was awful because I didn't have a defining moment. Well, it was, but for me, it's not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, my first listener email is E-Town listener from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's Elizabeth Town. Hey, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot, I've been listening for a few weeks and wanted to email and tell you that I love the show. I'm 52 and was a longtime fan of Art Bell, Keep His Legacy Alive, Roswell. Awesome. I love it when people tell us that we're, you know, we keep our, keep his legacy alive. Me too. That Me is, too. That, that that's probably better than saying you guys are awesome or anything. Like that that really kind of touches. Yes. Touches my soul. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Stop touching your mic. I didn't touch my mic. Uh, go ahead and read an email. Quit yelling at me. Dude, we're doing a show. Quit texting. <laughs> Valerie from Ohio. Hey, Goose and Cronkite. I was researching on Nostradamus 2021. Future prediction, and he predicted zombie apocalypse. I remember you all talking about this on a previous show. Do you think this is real? Uh, this is a real legit prediction of his, or that it was somehow misinterpreted? Roswell. I, I hope it's real because I look forward to the zombie apocalypse. I think it was misinterpreted. I think. I, I think, think if it was you, real. I think if you look at the constant state of the world right now. That we're all kind of zombies right now looking at our phones I'm constantly. not a zombie. Speak for yourself. You are a zombie. Uh, Michelle from West Virginia. This is a rather long one. Uh, she writes, hey, here to chew bubblegum. Here's some food for thought. What did they find in the head of the Sphinx? Why have we never been told why it was filled with concrete? We all know that the Sphinx is older than 4,000 years that they tell us. Water erosion says it may be 15,000 years old, and the pharaoh's head is way smaller than it should have been. I think it was built earlier and originally had a lion's head and was built way before the surrounding area became a desert about 4,000 years ago. I believe the Sphinx was constructed when the area was more temperate, trees, and perhaps more tropical with plenty of rain to cause the water erosion on the Sphinx. I first became enthralled with the Sphinx when I was 10. What do you guys think, and what can and can you do a segment on the Sphinx? I have never really researched the age of the Sphinx, so I would be useless. Uh, yeah, we can definitely do a episode or a segment on the Sphinx and the pyramids and so forth. Sure. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, sounds good. Well, do you think it's older than 4,000 years old? I honestly have no idea. I've never Why did I've they never fill its head up with concrete? I've never looked Cronkite. into it. Cronkite, answer us that question. I've never looked into it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. All right, you'll go ahead with your next email then. Kevin from Georgia. Hey, Goosey. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. See, these mics are so good, they even pick your phone up when it's on vibrate. <clears throat> go ahead there, man. You were saying... Giving you time so you can edit that out. Oh, I'm not going to edit that out. They're staying in. Rat bastard. Kevin in Georgia. Satchel ass. <clears throat> hey, Goose and Cronkite, do you think Bob Lazar still has contacts inside the U.S. government or anyone at Area 51? I think so. I uh, agree. I think he does, too. Uh, let's see. Terry from Kentucky says, hello here to Chew Bubblegum. I love the show, and I hope it stays around for a long time. You guys are real creative and entertaining. Congratulations on being chosen to be on WXLR. Um, are you still going to do the podcast in Midweek Moment, Roswell? Yes. Absolutely. We are still going to be doing the podcast, the Midweek Moment video show, and WXLR every Sunday, 10 p.m., starting March 21st. That's exciting. 
You fell asleep just then. I, well, I was just waiting for you to be done, and okay. I wasn't sure. Because sometimes you take these um, these long. Really? These long. Oh, really? These are, long are um, pauses, and you know, I'm just not sure uh, what's happening. Did you hear that? Yes. I, heard I, you I can't handle this. I can't handle how good these dude, are. Dude, dude, you was always talking, I'm not loud enough. And I, we would have you cranked up. I'm not loud enough. I'm a slow, I'm a low talker. So I get better mics. <coughs> and now you can't handle this because you hear your fingers popping when you're cracking them. And you can hear the mic moving and you can hear my phone. Yeah. And you're yelling. No, I'm you not You need to yelling. chill out. I am not yelling. You need to chill out. I am not yelling. First of all, you need to get some different voices. <clears throat> Read your next email. You need to get some different voices. Read your next email. That's doodle and every other guy every 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 other person you've ever made fun of uh cronkite nation fan from tennessee well i can already tell i don't like this guy <laughs> ear candy to the max cronkite you don't sound like a damn hick uh you are entertaining knowledgeable and funny congrats on making the life choice to get in shape i applaud you well thank you cronkite nation fan oh, good let's see and, and i told you that i that was good you know you didn't. Yes, I did. You Go were. Go back and listen to the show. <laughs> Richard from Ohio says, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot, great show last week, guys. The sound was really good. The subject will, subjects were well-prepared and ear candy entertainment. I really miss Cronkite discussing the real. Also, congrats on the radio deal. Is it available online for people that don't live in your area? Yes, it is. Uh, I think it's gearheartmedia.com. I'll have to check on that. But, yeah, you didn't get to do your segment last week. You would definitely, and this is not the only email that we had talking about how they missed you. Right. You know, well, so. this week I have uh, cut my news stories down to two, mm-hmm. and uh, we will be discussing, continuing to discuss the Aldebaran mystery, and this week we're talking about James Forrestal and Operation High Jump. Okay. So. Well, let, let, let me ask you a question uh, before you go to your next email. Me and Ned were talking before the show. So you guys are talking behind my back? You don't even let me finish before you interrupt. <laughs> uh, we were talking about, you know, when, when we're on WXLR, mm-hmm. we're not going to do the news. Okay. And so then I led to Ned. Do you enjoy reporting on the news or have you rather talk about other news stories? Uh, not news stories, but other things than the news. I guess basically what I'm asking you is, do you think that we should still do the news on the Sunday show or if there's... Uh, events that happen that we need to talk about in the news, we can do that. What's your take on it? I think we should. Because uh, I know that you do sometimes scramble to find news stories that, that, that is related to mm-hmm. UFOs, time travel, paranormal, Bigfoot. Right. So, well, I, I think if uh, if anything, we, we should look into maybe uh, not doing the news every week. Uh, okay. Maybe looking into when there is something of of substance in the news we report on it and talk about it so but, that would give you more time to do research on other things well yeah i mean it would be like just like a different just talk about different things yeah yeah you're right so so your vote is do away with the news that that's my vote because it, you know you're right it, it is tough sometimes you know at this point you know i'm, I'm reading news stories from a couple of years ago now you know you're not I mean? supposed to tell that on the air Listen, they can they can Google that. Okay. <laughs> Google's okay. available to everyone. Right. So, I'm so sorry. I just touched the microphone. So, uh, that's fine. You're rubbing the table, too. You have destroyed <sighs> our sound. Uh, so, basically, I guess that this will be your last newscast on, on Here to Chew Bubblegum. I really hate As you. we start a new format with you called Cronkite's uh, 
Crunches. Chronicles. No, we already do Elliot's articles. You can't be Chronicles. Why? Because. You're going to copy Elliot? No. Yes. Well, it's whatever. Well, we'll have to think of another name. How about, um, I don't know. Cronkites, cow patties. No. Go ahead and read your email. None of that makes sense. Um, Stacy from Kentucky. Hey, Goose, have you thought about adding videos, photos, and news stories uh, to the Here to Chew Bubblegum website? Yes, I have. And uh, if we're no longer doing the news, Cronkite, I will show him how to add stuff on the website because he'll have extra time. Will so, Yes, yes. No, that is a good idea, and that is something that we will be doing, uh, I don't know when, but before the end of the year. L. Sparks from Mississippi says, Hey, uh, Goose and Cronkite, did you know that the remains of giants have been found all over the world? All of the giants' remains were sent to the Smithsonian, funded by the Rothschilds family. Uh, they are keeping the true history of this world away from us. I'd like to hear about this on the show, and I'm curious as to what you think about this as, re- as well. Roswell. Yes, actually, I have heard about that, and uh, you know, I, I kind of want to. And maybe this will maybe this will be uh, a time where I can can research it and actually do it because between trying to get everything done with the, the news and, and stuff like that. You know, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of time between podcast life and work life and things right. like that. So, yeah, maybe this will have more time that I can look into stuff like the Giants. You seem really happy that I said we'll do away with the news. I am, to be honest with you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. You don't like reading, do you? I love reading. No, you don't. You, don't, you don't like reading out loud. Right, exactly. Okay. Go ahead. I think it's your turn. Is it my turn? No, is it? No, I just no, read that one about Giants. Norman from Vermont says, hey, guys, I'm new Hello, to the show and, and really enjoy it. I wanted to point this out to you and other fans of the show. Unidentified flying object came from the U.S. Air Force back in the 1950s when they were conducting their investigations with Project Blue Book. The term replaced the phrase flying saucer because many of the sightings were not of the typical disc-shaped craft, but... Other configurations as well. The term flying saucer was coined after the sighting of Mount Rainier in Washington State by an airplane pilot in 1947 named Kenneth Arnold. Um, UFO is an old 20th century name. A newer term for the 20, uh, 21st century is uh, UAP, right? Yes. Okay. Um, now, yes, uh, if he didn't actually include Kenneth Arnold in there, but if you remember, we did do a story about yes, you know, flying saucers and things like that. But yeah, that's a that's a good little tidbit of information there. Thank you very much, Norman from Vermont. Thank you, Norman, and I hope that your motel does not have any vacancies. Uh, Ned Fan from Indiana says, "Great show last week. My favorite part is when Ned joins in. His Ned said, left me in stitches. More Ned. There you go." Uh, Tanya from Kentucky says, awesome show as usual. Thanks for providing some much-needed entertainment. Can't wait to the roundtable show, Tanya. And that will be coming up. Gay from Kentucky. I'm sorry, Gary from Kentucky says, hello here to Chew Bubblegum. I was recently on Reddit and read that another date to watch out for is 22-02. They will find something under the ocean that will change everything we think we know. It was posted by a supposed time traveler. I bet that date will come and go just like the other predictions. Roswell. Thank you very much, Gary, from Kentucky. 2202. Yeah, so I guess that's 2022, February. Hmm. I mean, it was, you know, you can check it out there. It was written kind of odd. So. Don't smack the table. 
Brother, we're, that, we're, that, do, that we're is doing it first we're, time. We are doing a show. Okay. We need good sound quality. What you're like the little kid that's trying to hide his farts in class over there, the way that you're doing it. This makes me happy. What does? Getting you tore up. You are so mad right now. You're not getting me tore up. You want a fist fight? Just read your email. <laughs> I'm done. I'll You're done? Yeah. Oh. Are you sure? You yeah, I don't skip have one? No. Um. Uh, Libby from Ohio says, hey, everyone, I just wanted to drop a few lines and let you guys know uh, that uh, myself and my husband really enjoy this show. We found out about it on YouTube. Congratulations on moving to another platform by being picked up by a local radio station. I really enjoyed the Elliot's articles and Ned said on last week's show, Goose and Cronkite, you always bring the ear candy. Roswell. It was, uh, you know, I just randomly, you know, because we had like 20 emails, I edited it down to 16. And uh, did any of yours end with Roswell? Mm-hmm. Okay. I said Roswell okay. a couple times. All right. So, you know, it seemed like I got more Roswells this week. You did. And I think, uh, I, I, think, I think you do that on purpose. I did not do it on purpose. I, I just I just divided them up. I gave you eight. I kept eight. So, uh, that's it. The opening segment is over. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back uh, to talk about um, Frank Scully and some uh, UFO information. Do you know who Frank Scully is? Mm-mm. You're going to find out. I'm excited. When we come back. But before we break, if you have a listener email, uh, text, or question, you can always contact us here at the show by calling 606-373-3396, or the, you can email. You can always email us, goose at here to chewbubblegum.com, or myself, Cronkite, at here to chewbubblegum.com. You can even email the other two members of our show, Ned or Elliot, by reaching out here to chewbubblegum at yahoo.com. Attention, Ned or Elliot, depending on which one you want to speak with. Uh, and then uh, you can also talk to our Facebook page. That's exactly right. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Cronkite has to go pee-pee. Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies. Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure, that sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. DeadPit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are their goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. I turned away When you needed me I thought the fire would burn Forever, you see I made mistakes But you've always pulled me through You stood by me That's why I'm standing by you If I had shown you Feelings I felt inside And if you would grant me Just one more wish Before you go I'd only want you to love me I only wish you love me Only forever And welcome back. Did everything come out all right? Sure. 
What are you talking about? Your trip to the restroom. That's why we had to break after the opening segment. Oh, I can't remember that. You don't remember me saying Cronkite has to pee pee? I'm still asleep. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about Frank Scully. Frank Scully was born Francis Joseph Xavier Scully. He was born April 28, 1892. Uh, he was an American journalist, author, humorist, and regular columnist for the entertainment trade magazine Variety. Now, what is a humorist? Is that like the uh, the comic strips in the newspaper? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in October and November 1949, Scully published two columns in Variety claiming that dead extraterrestrial beings were recovered from a flying saucer crash based on what he said was reported to him by a scientist involved. In 1950, his book, Behind the Flying Saucers, expanded on this theme, adding that there had been two such incidents, one in Arizona and the other one in New Mexico. A 1948 incident that involved a saucer um, was nearly 100 feet in diameter. The saucers supposedly worked on magnetic principles. In the book, Scully revealed that his two sources uh, were Silas M. Newton and a scientist he called Dr. G. 60,000 copies of the book were sold. Now, what I find interesting about that, Cronkite, is that he wrote this book in 1950, mm-hmm. and he said that this worked, the flying saucers flew based on magnetic principles. Mm-hmm. And what have we determined over the last few weeks, months, that we've been discussing flying saucers and talking about on the show? Well, we talk about um, a lot of magnetic and a lot of uh, anti-gravity, which is similar, Bingo. similar Bingo. to... Now, and this is 1950, you mm-hmm. know, how would he even know magnetic? I mean, how would that be around? Because look at technology back then. Mm-hmm. That was available to the public. Exactly. It makes you question and wonder. He was absolutely 100% correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, according to his wife, uh, and he was a controversial UFO researcher, Frank Scully and he was the one-time head of Project, or I'm sorry, Frank Scully, and the one-time head of Project Blue Book, Captain Edward Ruplick, would state that her husband, of all the books published about flying saucers, his book was the one that gave them the most headaches. You know why? Because it was closest to the truth. Mm. So, Scully, uh, like I said, was a controversial researcher due to his intent to fool, but more because of the amount of apparent disinformation his sources would pass. Perhaps that is an indication enough as to just how accurate many of Scully's accounts might have actually been. Uh, This goes on to talk about Alfred and the Aztec incident. Have you ever heard about that? I've not. Okay. On a perfectly still and serene evening in the Aztec Desert in New Mexico on March 25, 1948, a blazing disc-shaped object screamed out of the sky before embedding itself into the sandy ground. The United States military was soon on the scene, and they were quickly set about transporting and recovering the wreckage to the White Sands Air Force Base. The craft was a series of rings that seemingly rotated around a central cabin. The material was more of a strength unknown to the military, yet at the time, it was light as aluminum. The whole thing, as in this case and other UFO reports, appeared to be from one whole piece of material. Uh, It would take almost two weeks to fully move the ruined craft. 
as well as the remains of the vehicle and there were bodies of 16 alien beings. Another UFO investigator, Glenn Campbell, also picked up on the Aztec incident and uh, the source for many Campbell's reports was a man named Alfred. Not only was he present at the incident, uh, but he, was all, he also spent considerable time in the company of high-ranking scientists. According to Alfred, his official job title, title was a technical photographer at a nuclear test base. He would speak to Campbell about a particular conversation between himself and German uh, physicist from Operation Paperclip, Otto Krauss. If true, this would be one of the most important conversations in history. Now, this was... Uh, wrote about and uncovered in, in some of Fr uh, Frank Scully's uh, pieces that he wrote for Variety magazine. Now, have you ever wondered the real reason for UFO secrecy? Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess really, if you if you put it that way, no, not really. I mean, I, I've always I've always assumed that it was for um, national security okay. and things like that. But okay. but I've never really well. Written, no, no. According to Frank Scully's writings, uh, before. Uh, or I'm sorry, Nikola Tesla and his desire and apparent know-how to provide the world with free energy. Uh, and many times, uh, this website wrote about Gary McKinnon, who while hacking into computer systems of NASA, told the BBC the reasons for his search, and they're very credible. Uh, they relied upon people all saying that there is, in fact, UFO technology that there is, in fact, anti-gravity, there is free energy, and that it's extraterrestrial in origin. A captured spacecraft and reverse-engineered, um, let's see, as outlandish as that may sound, um, the uh, free, yeah, I know that was my <laughs> microphone, so, and I'm trying really hard not to do it, so, they, these are really good mics. It's, it's super so, easy, Goose. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the, the free natural energy that governments and corporations want to suppress that information and a quick examination of both points bring into focus how real this notion likely is. In short, you have to realize just how much money uh, connects to the energy market and just how far uh, and how many different ways it stretches into all aspects of modern life. According to Alfred, and the conversation with uh, Otto uh, Krauss, not only was the Aztec and Roswell incidents real, but both of these crashes would offer up alien beings as well as ruins of highly advanced crafts. Furthermore, both of the crafts were subject to reverse engineering. Krauss would tell Alfred it took them a long time to get into the thing and figure out how it worked. Uh, that was classified. All that was classified. The mechanism that powered it, classified. And this was more classified than the atomic bomb. So what you're telling me is that it's all about money. Definitely. That is the reason that... Well, that just makes me upset. Because, well, you know, it, it, I could understand national security. I could I could understand that. No, but, that's never mentioned. But if you, if you could... If you're going to... You, that's so depressing. Well, and we've talked about before, you know, Nikola Tesla was hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wonder what people's motivations that were driving that car. 
if they targeted him on purpose. Well, and he they say here's the thing: when he got hit by a car, he died three days later. Yeah. So that's well, the and like, you have to think. You know, when he passed away, he was an old man. He was in his eighties. Mm-hmm. People technically, you know, when he passed away, didn't didn't live to their eighties. Right. That makes you wonder, you know, about what what he had, you know. I mean, just his his daily routine. I mean, he he was he was and is a genius. Mm-hmm. Will always be a genius. And well, when, depending on if you subscribe to the time travel theory, he still is a genius. Well, yes, yes. No, you know, and that's something that we may talk about on the roundtable. The all the stuff that we talked about with Nikola Tesla and Musk and Trump and 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 all well, that. The clone theory, yeah, I guess. Yes, and time travel. <clears throat> but. Uh, this article goes on. It talks about the revelations of Bob Lazar. In 1989, a previously unheard of technical engineer named Bob Lazar would later become a well name around the world, if only temporary. During an appearance on Los Angeles television in an interview with respectful journalist George Knapp, Lazar would claim to be employment of the Los Alamos National Laboratory. Uh, among other things, Lazar said he worked on alien technology. News outlets from around the world would pick up on this piece as newspapers and magazines with varying amounts of information. Despite official denials from the Los Alamos National Laboratory that Lazar had ever been in employment, Knapp's research would reveal a very clear paper trail to suggest that Lazar was 100% being truthful. According to Lazar, he would come into contact with this agency in 1982. He would go on further and uh, and tense and draw out interviews conducted over many different meetings. He would eventually, according to Lazar, receive Q clearance, and not just Q clearance, 38 levels above that clearance. Wow. So, you know, and by the, by the same regards, we were talking about Nikola Tesla. He was mm-hmm. a genius. He was a benefit. Bob Lazar is also a genius and a benefit. Mm-hmm. And no, he does not own a hardware store. It is. No, he does not. It is essentially a hardware store. Okay. In terms of the projects that Lazar would work on, he would state uh, that Congress, in his opinion, was likely not aware as a governing body of the work going on. From what he could gather, the projects began in the late 1940s and were quickly sealed off and off limits to outsiders. It is an interesting concept that, one, that this sounds like a subplot of the X-Files and the Smoky Man character. The thing is, as wild as Lazar's claims, uh, he was very, very accurate. Hmm. And by saying very, very accurate, he would predict, read that right there on the top of the page. What would... Element 115, of yep. While most would quickly decide that Lazar was misguided, at best, at least one part of his count would prove to be true, very true, almost two decades later. Of the properties that the military was experimenting with and regarding propulsion, one of them mentioned Element 115, which at the time Bob Lazar made his claims did not officially exist. Hence, that's why most people dismiss Lazar as making it up. Years later, however, along with the apparently correctly predicted element 115 came confirmation of elements 113, 117, and 118 by mainstream science. All of these were super heavy substances as mentioned by Bob Lazar. So, and we've talked about this a little bit before. 
if Bob Lazar did not have inside information, mm-hmm. if he was not telling the truth, mm-hmm. how would he know about Element 115? We'll see this. Now, if you make stuff up and you're going to be making the numbers and stuff up, I mean, I could sit here and say, I'm going to tell you about Element AZY2758675309. Mm-hmm. And that's going to sound stupid. Mm-hmm. But if I tell you what it does, and it still doesn't exist, that's still going to sound stupid. Years later, when it is proven that that exists, and it's added to the element table, you're going to think about the conversation and me making that prediction about whatever number I just brought off the top of my head and be like, wow. You know, people have to think about Bob Lazar was 100% correct and telling the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I – I think the reason, of course, he's been trying. He's been uh, discredited. Um, they've raided his hardware store several times. Um, I mean, well, how do you how do you think they split the the atom? I mean, they got to have a nuclear hammer and a nuclear chisel. Well, yeah, yeah, but you I mean, know. That, that's where they get it from. But anyway, I digress. What I'm saying is, someone like that who has been on the inside, but is a super genius. Yes, super genius. You are correct. Why haven't they disappeared him? Because they're still using it. So you think he's still working for them? I think he's still working for him, yeah. I think there's No. I think no, so. No. I think on some level he is still doing some sort of research for them or every time they raid his facility, they take his research. Well, all right. Number one, he became public. He's well known. Mm-hmm. That's so, why they can't disappear. Right. And there's another reason. Let's say, and there has been claims made that he has taken Element 115 with him. Okay? Mm-hmm. They've not been able to find it. And that one documentary, they go to look, they can't find it. You but know, it's in his car. No. I mean, wherever it may be, if you want to get something back like that, and you have no idea where it is. Mm-hmm. You can't off the person. Right. Because you're never going to find it. Exactly. That's why I think that and him going public so, is why he's still alive. Now, are they after him? Yes, because we talked about months ago about how, you know, he has a past where he was arrested. Mm-hmm. So. But, all right, so Element 115 is a heavy, heavy metal, correct? Yes. Okay, so if you were wanting to hide that, in plain sight, we'll say. Wouldn't it make sense to literally add it to your car? Well, all right. That, that's what I mean by it's in his car. Yeah, well, I don't think, I mean, and, and that's I mean, not, very not, possible. Not, not quite literally and That's in very his car, possible. Based but, on the Bob Lazar documentary, Element 115 is what makes space travel possible. Mm-hmm. Like, what I took away from it is like, this is like, not necessarily a liquid element, you know, like liquid material, mm-hmm. but like this is what the ships are coated with that helps them, you know, that helps the pilots withstand G-force and, and so forth. That's what I took away from the documentary. I've done some research on Element 115 just reading, and I can't for the life of me right now remember what some of it said. But according to Bob Lazar in his 1989 interview, Element 115 is one of the things that helps make time travel possible. But isn't that, okay, so when we talked about the real 
mm-hmm. going uh, make, making the trip, and then it looked like the ship had aged a hundred years. Is it because, because they didn't have element one fifteen on the side of the ship? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So look at look at his car. If it's really super shiny, maybe and, maybe it's just turtle wax. Nah. <laughs> so uh, basically, this article goes on to talk about Bob Lazar. It says, "So what should we make of Bob Lazar? Too many. He is a loner to avoid. To others, the same st- uh, status makes him trustworthy. We should perhaps note the element 115 spoken of in mainstream differs to that offered by Lazar. In his defense, Lazar would state that mainstream science simply would not have perfected the process. Furthermore, he was confident that time will prove him correct." when he said that to George Knapp. We'll see what other uh, isotopes they come up with. One of them or more will be stable and it will have the exact properties that I said. Not close or similar, but exact properties that I said. Uh, Let's see, Lazar also offered that UFOs were not an invention of the military, but genuine saucer-shaped disks constructed by extraterrestrial intelligence. Let's see, this goes on to talk about the bending of space and time. Uh, I'm going to skip the bending of space and time and go to reasons for invisible spaceships. All right. Oh, that got your attention. Invisible spaceships. To overcome uh, conditions, the crafts have to hide the gravity off uh, of the Earth. And they use their gravity generators to do so. This, according to Lazar, is also the reason why many people claim to see a craft one moment and then it vanished right before them. Similarly, 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 all of these sightings of orbs and lights in the sky that seem to dart in zigzag motion uh, that's actually happening, that's the craft riding, 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 riding the wave of space reacting to its original uh, position. Lazar further offered that this is why some people can see UFOs and others can't. You could be standing right under it and if the gravity generators are in good, correct uh, confirmation, all you will see is the sky. He would offer uh, to good. He would offer to good. At the same time, another group of people could be far away left or right and those under the visible invisible craft and see it clear as day. It just depends on how the field has been. This technology and manipulation of gravity and space-time also accounts for the often described breakneck 90-degree turns and speed of light. Lazar would state that this is simple time and space uh, distortion taking place. And uh, there is a discrepancy regarding how accurate Lazar may or may not have been. However, it seems apparent that there is more to him than just some crazy guy, as the media reported, or someone who happened to have gotten himself mixed up with the wrong crowd. I totally agree, and again, I do 110% believe that Bob Lazar is telling the truth. Absolutely. I've always said that. So, And uh, that was some UFO insight and a little bit on Frank Scully. And just for the record, Frank Scully, the character... Uh, on X-Files, Scully was not named after Frank Scully. So I just wanted to state that. The character on X-Files, Scully, was named after, I think, like a sportscaster, Vin, Vin or Vince Scully. I got you. All right, so you you did say the mysterious spoken, or the, the smoking man off of yeah. X-Files. What was that in re- reference to? Well, that was reference that Bob Lazar's 
uh, story may sound like a plot from the X-Files. I got you. But it predated the X-Files, you know. Right. Because right. it came out in 1989. Yeah, and the X-Files started, what, 92? Uh, yeah, 90, 92, 93. So. But uh, that was it. We're going to take a break, come back with the final newscast from Cronkite. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to have that, and uh, then we're going to go into segment two. Cronkite's going to be talking about the Vareal. We'll okay. have... Uh, the, we're, we're pretty much done with the real. Okay, well, what are you going well, to talk well, about? I won't say we're not we're done with them, but we we are still moving on with the Aldebaran mystery. Okay, uh, which is well, you can watch Cronkite's going to be moving on with his mystery. You can which you can watch on Amazon moving Prime. Moving on up, which you can watch with Amazon Prime. Move on up, <laughs> uh, and we're we'll talking about James Forrestal and um, Operation High Jump. Sounds good. And then in season season three, segment three, we'll come back and we'll talk about a. Perry County, Kentucky UFO incident. We'll have listener text, question of the week, all that and more when we come back in just a moment. Be sure to check out HereToChewBubbleGum.com. Hey everyone, this is Goose from Here to Chew Bubblegum. I want to tell you about my friend T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomShirts.com. T-Shirt Joe is your go-to guy for all your custom work. Also, you can check out their website and find artist originals, college shirts, comics, famous folk, fetish, military, movie shirts, occupations, podcast and website shirts, plus he has face masks and many other items over at FastCustomShirts.com. While there at their website, you can sign up for their newsletter. Or you can give Joe a call at area code 361-814-9212. That's 361-814-9212. To contact my friend T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomShirts.com. Goose and Cronkite. Give the guys a break. They're uh, not that bright. And welcome back to Here to Chew Bubblegum. I am Cronkite, and this is the news. The man sitting next to me, of course, I'm sorry, is Goose. Um, So this is your last newscast. It is. Um, I mean, don't make it sound so sad. Well, hey, you know, it is kind of sad. Why is it's it sad? Changing of the guard. So. Hmm. I mean, we'll still be doing news. You said, you know, this this was your last one. You didn't want to do it anymore. But I'm pretty sure they can go back and listen to the beginning of the show and hear you say. No, no. I just asked you your opinion, and you uh, took it, and you're like, I'm not doing the news anymore. This will be my last one. Gotta I hate some, reading out loud. Got to get some different voices. <laughs> they're all the same. No, no, they're not the they same. They are. Every one of them. They are not. I need you to uh, do an impersonation of Doodle. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's Doodle. I need you to do an impersonation of Ned. I've never tried to do Ned. We'll try. How about I do an impersonation of you? No, no, just try it. Uh, I'd rather do one of you. No, just try it. Hello, everybody. This is Cronkite. It's time for the news. I want everybody to go back and listen. To what? To all the shows. I do different voices, buddy. Different voices. <laughs> what was that? You want, you want, that was Beavis Buddy. You want Peter Griffin yeah. to laugh? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, do, do a voice. I didn't. No, I said a laugh. <clears throat> no, no, I need a voice, not, not a laugh. What about Herbert from Family Guy? You want to hear him? It's the same as your other No, voice. it's not. Yes. No. Go ahead. It's mostly on Pepper Boy. I'm going to bring me some good news. 
coming. 100%. You're crazy. You're crazy. <sighs> Go ahead with the news. <clears throat> anyway, so a new study finds humans can communicate brain-to-brain or telepathy. Uh, fascinating research out of the University of Washington successfully replicates a direct brain-to-brain connection between multiple pairs of people in a scientific study following up on the team's initial demonstration. The study involved six people who were engaged with each other in pairs from different areas of campus. Uh, and researchers sent signals from one person's brain over the internet to another person in an attempt to control the other's hand, uh, in order to control the other hand, hand motion with thoughts. Uh, now you said engaged. Was that they were engaged to be married to each other, or just uh, they uh, knew the person? No, no, no. They, uh, I know what you mean, man. I'm just joking with you. They were not engaged to be married with okay. each other. They were just engaged. Okay. Just like we're engaged in doing the show. Right. Well, let's not call it that. We. What, what are you uncomfortable? We, we. Huh? Are you uncomfortable? Being engaged to you? You're uncomfortable. I would kill myself you're, if I was engaged You're engaged to you. in a podcast with Cronkite. What was it, Ned? You and your words. What is it? Nothing. You and your words. Oh. You, you try to use uh, uh, sophisticated big words. I'm just reading what's on the paper. Okay. Finish. <laughs> Who was that? Which one was that? Herbert or? No, no, no. No, that was me. <laughs> was Doodle? No, that was me. Oh, okay. Your doodle. <laughs> uh, in order to properly conduct the studies, researchers needed to separate the subjects and close off certain perceptions of the study method. Uh, each center of the thought was placed in front of a computer game where he or she had to defend a city by firing a cannon uh, and intercepting rockets launched by a pirate ship. But the senders were not able to interact with the game physically. The only way they could properly defend their city was through thought. Uh, when a rocket was coming uh, coming, or uh, when they wanted to fire a cannon, they had to think about uh, doing that intentionally. Across campus, each receiver sat in a dark room with headphones uh, and no ability to see the computer game. Their right hand was positioned over top the touchpad uh, that would fire a cannon uh, when tapped. If brain-to-brain connection was successful between the two pairs, the send... Um, the sender would effectively be able to get the receiver to tap the touchpad and fire the cannon. From a technology standpoint, researchers used two types of non-invasive instruments that can connect with human brains in real time. One participant was hooked up to a... Oh boy, that's a big one. uh, Electro-anus-phallography... Electro-anus. I obviously did not say anus. Yes, you did. I said electro electro electroanus. Yes, it's the electro anus. It's a machine that reads brain activity and sends electrical pulses via the web to the receiver. The receiver is wearing a swim cap with a transcranial magnetic stimulation coil placed near the area of the brain that controls hand movements. This setup effectively allows one person to send a command that would, in theory, move the hand of another person simply thought, uh, simply through thought. Uh, it was found that the accuracy varied depending on each pairing. The accuracy ranged from 25 to 83%. Misses were mostly found to be caused by the sender failing to accurately execute the thought to send the fire command. So interesting, the degree of accuracy being low in subjects who couldn't properly extend uh, intention to the receiver also indicates that this isn't simply just thoughts that, were, that affect our reality, but actually the intention. 
Therefore, during the study of the phenomenon, accuracy in whether or not the subjects are truly intending versus just thinking it is crucial. So the thought process of simply thinking about it is not enough. Hmm. So that's pretty neat. Huh? Yeah. What's your favorite episode of The Golden Girls? I've never really watched The Golden Girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why are you so random? I mean, seriously, we're doing a show here, Goose. Well, you're the one that's acted like you've snorted Redlin. This is ridiculous. I can't work under these conditions. Are you ready for my next story? Yes. All right, so ex-CIA pilot says NASA landed on, the Mar- on Mars in 1966, and its former employees saw humans there in 1979. A woman named Jackie called, uh, called in a radio show uh, claiming she was the former NASA employee who managed to see humans on Mars in 1979. This statement sparked rumors of a secret space program that is kept hidden from the public. Jackie said she had seen a man in a spacesuit in a live broadcast from Mars, but this information is concealed by the NASA authorities. She claimed to be part of a team of specialists processing information from the Viking, the first Mars rover uh, to send images from the surface of Mars to Earth. <clears throat> the Vikings 1 and 2 landed in 75 and 76 and sent back the first data on the surface of Mars, including the apparent absence of extraterrestrial life. NASA claimed that no traces of life were seen there, and the Vikings found all the elements necessary for life on Earth. Carbon, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, and phosphorus were present on Mars. Jackie vowed that six other NASA employees witnessed the event with her. Uh, When those people tried to tell everyone about what they had seen uh, and tried to leave the room, they found out the front door was locked and the paper was hung on the door window so that no one else could look in or see into the center. Okay, of course, uh, so far, none of those six alleged employees have been contacted to confirm her words. <clears throat> so this takes us on to John Lear um, and his secret missions to the moon and Mars. Uh, former CIA pilot John Lear and former Lockheed L-1011 captain also said that NASA astronauts flew to Mars in 1966. Moreover, Lear believes that astronauts had been preparing for this mission especially long. Um they introduced certain drugs into the body, allowing people to adapt to Martian clim- uh, climactic con- conditions. Allegedly, those astronauts could breathe rarefied Martian air, so NASA had the opportunity to launch humans onto the Red Planet for a longer time. For those who do not, do not know, John Lear is the son of Bill, Bill Lear, who founded the Learjet in 1962. So there is no doubt uh, that he would have since have been or would have have. Sensitive information related to secret technology and extraterrestrial activities. During his interview on a radio program, Lear had given statements that could be hard for anybody to digest. He said that in 1953, a UFO crashed with an extraterrestrial named EBE-3, who helped the U.S. government to build spacecraft with alien technology. Then he said that in 1962, the craft with incredible speed was built that could carry passengers and take uh, to moon, take to the moon in just 60 minutes. In 1966, NASA had a trip to Mars. Uh, what's more, humans were adapted to breathe in the thin atmosphere. Lear said the population of Mars is around 600 million, and they are exactly like us. Uh, he claimed that his father was involved in the anti-gravity technology programs, which were highly secret. According to him, everything we know about moon is a lie. In the 70s, NASA began destroying photographs taken by Apollo 8, 10, and 11, in which it was possible to see the cities, bases, pipes, roads, vegetation, lights, mining, and and a nuclear reactor. Apart from John Lear, there are other U.S. officials who made similar statements. 
Philip J. Corso, a former U.S. Army officer, said that gray aliens, also referred to as Zeta Reticulans, were not really aliens, but bio-machines. It's pretty neat, huh? Yeah. How many hours of uh, Lifetime do you watch each week? How many? 30. 30? Wow, you watch a lot of Lifetime television. No, but that, that is fascinating. Speaking of Mars, have you saw some of the new images? I have. And uh, did you see the one I talked about last week where it had the audio also? Mm-hmm. What was your take on that? Sounded pretty cool. And the 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 video and picture quality is amazing, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder how come we can have so clear picture quality on that, mm-hmm. but like you get sometimes you know on the news they'll like show a, a video footage or a still of somebody shoplifting or doing something, and it's so grainy and blurry you can't make it out. But yet here this is on another planet, you know, mm-hmm. and you get crystal clear pictures. Money. That camera probably cost $800 trillion. Really? And some guy's security camera from a from some Hilljack's security camera probably cost four ninety nine from Walmart. Okay. All right. Uh, so what was uh, what 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 do you think about the humans being spotted there in 1979? I think it's entirely possible. But I also think that takes us back to uh, what we've been talking about the pretty much from the beginning of this show, the onset of this show, when we talked about after World War II when the Nazis fled to Antarctica, then to Mars, then to, or then to the moon, then to Mars. I think that it's entirely possible. Okay, okay. Me, me as well. Uh, do you want to go on and talk about your mystery? Sure. Uh, Alderaan mystery? If, uh, if you want to. Um, yes, please. All right. So we're continuing the Aldebaran mystery, which you can see. Aldebaran. Aldebaran mystery, which you can see on Amazon Prime. Uh, so now we're going to talk about James Forrestal. Do uh, you know who James Forrestal is? That sounds familiar. Yeah, he was uh, one of the, I think, one of the original Majestic Twelve. I think he was in the Majestic Twelve, wasn't he? In 1947, Secretary of the Navy James Forrestal sent a naval task force to Antarctica, including Admiral Nimitz, Admiral Cruson, and Admiral Byrd, called Operation High Jump. It was a it was touted to be an expedition to find coal deposits and other valuable resources. But in actuality, they were trying to find the underground base of the Nazis uh, in Nuschenwabenland. In where? The Nazis had done a very detailed study of Antarctica and were alleged to have built an underground base there. Uh, in this regard, the uh, the Nazis have had an underground habitation in Antarctica for more than a million years. More than a million years? Where did you print that off of? I, I don't know, but I'm not sure that... Hooked it's, on phonics work for me. I'm not exactly sure that that's accurate. A million me. years. <laughs> um, <laughs> the t- <laughs> Have people even been around for a million years? Yeah, but I'm sure Hitler and the Nazi party wasn't. <laughs> so. Well, they didn't say anything about the Nazi, or Hitler, so... <sighs> Uh, so the task force of over 40 ships included the flagship Mount Olympus, the aircraft carrier uh, Philippine Sea, the seaplane tender Pine Sea, the submarine Senate, the destroyer Bronson, the icebreaker North Wind, and other and other <laughs> tanker and supplies. Sh- what? What's wrong with you? Icebreaker North Wind. That just made me think of a fart joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. This show is going off the rails. No, no, quick. it's not. Um, and other tanker and supply ships. An armed contingent of 1,400 sailors and three dog sled teams were also on board. The expedition was filmed by the Navy and brought to Hollywood to be made into a commercial film called The Secret Land. It was narrated by Hollywood actor Robert Montgomery, who was a Naval Reserve officer. Uh, there were three divisions of, on, of Operation High Jump, one land group with tractors, explosives, and plenty of equipment to refurbish Little America and make an airstrip to land the six R-4Ds, which were just DC-3s, and two seaplane groups. The, uh, the R-4Ds were fitted with jet assist takeoff uh, bottles, or JATO, J-A-T-O, uh, in order to... Take off from the shore, a short runway of the aircraft carrier Philippine Sea. Uh, they also were fitted with large skis for landing on the ice field prepared for them. The skis were specially fitted for three inches above the surface of the, air, of the carrier deck. Uh, when landing on the ice at Little America, the three inches of tire in contact with the snow and ice provided just enough and not too much drag for a smooth landing. So... You see how they're getting everything lined out. Yes. They're, they're, they were going there to stay. Yes. All right. So they are saying that um, uh, the Admiral Byrd's team of six RF-4Ds uh, were fitted with super secret Trimtricon. I don't know what those are. Trimtricon? Spy cameras. And each plane was trailing a magnometer. Magnometer. A magnet meter. Magnet meter. Okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. They flew over as much of the continent as they could in a short three-month summer, uh, mapping and recording magnetic data. Magnometers show anomalies in the Earth's magnetism, i.e. if there is a hollow place under the surface, ice, or ground, it will show up on the meter. On the last of many mapping flights, where all six planes went out, each uh, on certain ordained paths to film and measure, uh, with three of these meters, Admiral Byrd's plane returned three hours late. It was stated that he had lost an engine and had to throw everything overboard except the films themselves and the results of the magnometer readings uh, in order to maintain altitude long enough to return to Little America. This is most certainly the time when he met with representatives of the Aryans and, and, and a contingent of Nazis. The task force uh, came steaming back uh, for the, uh, with their data, which then became classified top secret. Secretary of the Navy James Forrestal retired and started to talk. Uh, he was put in Bethesda Naval Hospital psychiatric ward, where he was prevented from seeing or talking to anyone, including his wife. After a short while, he was thrown out of the window while trying to hang himself with a bedsheet. Uh, it was ruled a suicide. Case closed. He was telling people about the underground Aryan base. It's crazy. Yeah, and the, uh, you know, and we've talked about this for a couple months now, that on, uh, uh, you know, that is a really good documentary on mm-hmm. uh, Amazon. Absolutely. So, what do you got there? Stuff highlighted? What is that? Well, this is uh, this is still my real, uh, my real stuff, talking about the saucers and things. Okay. Um, but we pretty much went through all this. I was just kind of going back to see if there was something that I'd missed, but this okay. is pretty much, we've already been all through all of this. Um but this Operation High Jump is when, allegedly, 
they engaged these flying craft and right. and had um, multiple uh, mass casualties. And they had to retreat. And they had to retreat. They didn't just come back on their own. I mean, if you reading reading exactly what I just wrote, read, they were there to stay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. they were they were simply ran out. It it's it's wild. Now you know from the research I've done and from what you've read, I think it is possible that there was. A Nazi base there. It probably still is there. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's manned now? No. What's your thoughts? Do you think it's manned now? Yeah, well, honestly, I'm not exactly sure if it's manned. If it's manned, it's probably not manned by Nazis. Uh, I would imagine if anything on Earth, it would still be it would be manned by coalition forces or something like that. Like, like what coalition forces? Because I mean, at the, at, at the end of the war, wouldn't. Uh, well, I'm, t- I'm talking about modern day. I'm talking about the United States. I'm talking about the Western civilization. Got you. So, yeah. you. so you think we may have found it and took it over? I think so. I, th- I think it may be the new Area 51. That's 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 a good thought. I've never thought of that. You got any thoughts on that, Ned? Okay. Do you care to weigh in besides just being a lump oh, well, on a we're, couch? We're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, uh, we're going to hook him up here. Uh, oh, okay. We're going to step away for Elliot's articles. He's got part two to Roswell, and uh, when we come back, you'll be talking to Goose, Cronkite, and Ned. Exciting. Right here on Here to Chew Bubblegum, Ear Candy to the Extreme. Indeed. Right? Indeed. Researching the inner workings of the net to bring you stories of the strange and unusual. It's Elliot's articles on Here to Chew Bubblegum. Take it away, Elliot. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening. Once again, this is Elliot with Elliot's articles on the Here to Chew Bubblegum podcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, last week we talked about Roswell, and I looked at what many call the official timeline of what happened. But how has it been explained? I mean, surely there was an article in the newspaper that said the Army had captured a flying disc. That's pretty black and white, right? Well, the Army says no, that was actually mistaken. And today we're going to talk about a couple of different things that have happened since then. But before we get into that, dear listeners, I I just want to get a little personal with you. Um, For the last four or five nights, I've been waking up, uh, you know, going to sleep at a pretty normal time. I do have a regular job. And uh, I've been waking up around 3, in between 3 and 3.30 every night for whatever reason. Um, It's not something I usually do. I've heard of the witching hour and I've heard that, uh, you know, 3 o'clock is about the time that paranormal events happen. Um, So I'm just asking, has anybody out there uh, been doing the same thing? Have, Have you all had this recently? You know, I I hear a lot of people, especially chatter online, of people talking about, uh, you know, weird dreams and and all waking up at the same time. So I put this question to you, dear listeners. Um, Have you all been experiencing any of this? Let me know. Contact me 
at uh, here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Make sure you put Elliot in the subject line and they will make sure that I get that message. Now let's talk about a little bit of Roswell once again. So as everybody knows, you know, Roswell happened on uh, in 1947, but we didn't get a real official answer until 1994. Uh, we'd been told it was a weather balloon, but that story didn't, you know, it, it didn't hold water. Um, I'm a skeptic. I think I've said this before. I, I don't take UFO stories at face value. Um, I think there is a terrestrial reasoning behind them. Now, am I saying that there's no such thing as aliens? Absolutely not. Uh, this universe is too huge. There has to be something out there. Um, but I think a lot of the stuff that we see on Earth is probably got a earthly reason behind it. So uh, I tend to skew that way when I talk about UFOs and aliens. Um, when it comes to Roswell, I do not believe any of the official stories. Um, my skepticism uh, does not go towards the aliens. It actually goes towards the government. Um, because in 1994, they released an explanation saying that the Roswell, Roswell crash was really something called Project Mogul. Now, Project Mogul was a device that was basically a high-altitude balloon that had microphones equipped all around it, and it was going to fly close to the USSR to detect sound waves at a stealth distance, okay? So, they it was basically out there monitoring if the Soviet Union was testing atomic bombs, um, Project Mogul, of course, if this was the case, you would, could understand why they needed to cover up its crash. But the thing that a lot of people don't understand is Project Mogul, uh, was pretty well known at the time. I mean, they had even discussed it openly. Um, it was just under a different name. So Project Mogul, to me, doesn't really hold water, like I said. Um, there's other elements of Roswell, too, that doesn't make sense. Uh, eyewitnesses claim to have saw small gray bodies. And, um, of course, the government, in a follow-up report to their 1994 report, um, said that these were actually parachute test dummies um, that had been sent along with that balloon. Again, why, if you are trying to monitor um, atomic bombs in Russia, would you need parachute test dummies? So it seems like the government is contradicting their own story there. Um, it's very covert, and I understand that. But uh, to say that, oh yes, this was a balloon that was monitoring, um, you know, <laughs> the Soviet Union and, and their use of atomic bombs, that we just happened to put, you know, parachute test dummies in, does not make sense. Um, it's also been floated out there that maybe this was some sort of... Uh, ship sent by Russia, sent by Joseph Stalin to induce panic in America. Um, it's been said that um, there were uh, maybe even children who were deformed that were put inside this and it was crashed on purpose. Um, again, <laughs> you know, I, we've we've already been through so much uh, in history with Russia, and so much has already been declassified, you would think that if this was the case, the American government would want that story out there. Um, it's not, of course. So, again, I don't believe this. Now, 
like I said, um, it's it's kind of I'm I'm very skeptical. Um, I know that uh, Jesse Marcel uh, Jr. said that his dad, when he brought the um, material, the metallic material in, that it had what he thought was Egyptian hieroglyphics on it. And some people will point to that and say, "Well, that was really you know the Russian alphabet, the uh, Cyrillic alphabet." But I, it just doesn't it it doesn't pass the smell test with me. Um, I don't really think the Russians had anything to do with it. Now, with that said, you know, here here's the other thing that I think of when I think about uh, Roswell. There was so much going on in that area. Um, I mean, Los Alamos was very very close. Um, there were they were testing V two rockets at White Sands, which also was pretty close. Um, you know, the as I mentioned earlier, um, the group at Roswell Air Force Base that that was pretty much a nuclear Air Force Base. They were involved. The 509th Bomb Group were actually involved in the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And you, it doesn't make sense for the government to say, you know, uh, here are these things. Uh, these are balloons put in, you know, put in the paper. These are a flying disc or whatever. You don't really want to draw attention to that, you know, to that group of people. So the Roswell case to me, out of all the UFO cases, besides maybe Rendlesham Forest, uh, which I hope to cover one day, but out of all of the UFO cases that I've ever, you know, had looked at or, or, or watched or read about or listened to, um, Roswell is the one that I think probably has the best chance of being real. Um, I think there's just so much that the government would not want to, to be out there that is. Um, and I just think that out of all of them, it has the biggest chance of, of being correct. Um, before I go, uh, we had a listener, I think, write in, uh, if I'm mistaken by that, um, Please, Goose, let you know. Let the listeners know. But um, the person wanted to know what got each of us, uh, that would be Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and myself, into the paranormal or, you know, uh, what we're into now. And looking back on it, I think the biggest thing that, that led me down the path, so to say, was uh, the movie Ghostbusters. Uh, absolutely my number one favorite movie of all time. Uh, it's, it, to this day, uh, if, if it's on television or if, uh, I pass it by, I have to sit down and watch it. Um, it's just my favorite thing in the world. Um, so yeah, Ghostbusters. Um, I think that's the biggest one for me. So, uh, with that being said, dear listeners, please keep your suggestions for topics coming. Um, Please email, you know, email me, talk to me. I, I would love to have an open dialogue with you guys. Um, I want to, uh, I want to talk about what you want to listen to. So please let me know, you know, as much as you can. Um, also, really looking forward. Uh, uh, we've talked about a roundtable show. I know some listeners have uh, looked forward to that, uh, and uh, hopefully, I'll get to be in the studio with Goose and Cronkite and Ned and uh, maybe some other guests, and we can talk about different things. Um, so, yeah, um, if you've been experiencing weird things 
like I mentioned at the beginning of the article, please contact me. Let me know. Let's talk about it. Uh, contact Goose. Contact Cronkite. Let them know. Um, if you've got any kind of topic you want me to discuss, contact me. Let me know at here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Um, make sure you put attention Elliot in the subject line. They'll make sure I get the message. Um, so yeah, with that being said, I hope you all have had a great weekend, weekday, whatever time you're listening. Uh, stay vigilant. Keep watching. Elliot out. It's now time for Ned Said on Here to Chew Bubblegum. Hey, Ned, what's on your mind? Cronkite's chair smells like cow burps and helicopter smoke. Thanks, Ned. You can always call, text, or leave a voicemail for Here to Chew Bubblegum, 606-373-3396. You can also send an email to goose at heretochewbubblegum.com or cronkite at heretochewbubblegum.com. Hey, Cronkite. How we doing? Good. How about you, Ned? Pretty good. We oh. have Ned joining us this week. We've got him mic'd up. A new mic for Ned. Ready to go. Talk into your mic a little bit there. I'm talking into her. <laughs> How you feel about that mic? That's all right. I don't want to touch it. Why? See, he knows not to touch his mic. He I can't has, help it. He has microphone etiquette. It says do not touch on it. So I can't help it. I'm going to put a sign on yours next week that says do not touch. Can't help it. Uh, we're going to start out this segment talking about the Prairie County UFO incident that happened uh, December 12, 2001. Now, I've labeled it Prairie County UFO incident because, to the best of my knowledge and research, I don't think anybody has ever explained exactly what it was. But on December 12, 2011, Dr. Fessel, uh, he posted on a message board said something big is going on in Prairie County, Kentucky. I have a friend that lives in the area and they tell me Black Hawk helicopters all are all over the place. Miles and miles of roads are blocked off and serious looking people in suits all over. Here is a small news story. There is one report uh, that was on TV and the reporter said there was a total blackout as far as the government is concerned. Now, uh, Dr. Fessel or Fossil uh, or Fess really, if you want to get Italian, uh, also posted on the message board uh, stories that WYMT in Prairie County had reported. Uh, one of them, I don't think I'm reading this in order. Okay, let me skip over real quick to the original report on WYMT. Uh, it said, emergency crews are searching tonight following reports of a possible explosion in Prairie County. Several viewers tell Mountain News they heard an explosion earlier this evening. We have a crew following the search teams, but there is nothing confirmed at this time. Okay, now, when the doctor uh, shared the uh, news story, uh, an update said crews are still trying to find out what happened following reports of explosions and fireball sightings in several areas. It happened on Sunday night when people started calling in reports of rattling in their homes. Crews searched the area between Lothar and Knott County line for hours trying to find the source of the alleged blast. 
Officials say helicopters did not, or I'm sorry, officials say helicopters did spot charred trees and smoke near High Mountain Rock in the Sulks Branch area of Prairie County. Fire officials say a break in an abandoned mine is the best explanation for now. Uh, old abandoned mines catch fire and smoke real bad, and sometimes they flame up, and it does kill the trees and shrubbery around, uh, and that's possible. That's what we've seen from the air. Chief Chris Engel from the Lodge Creek Fire Department said. Officials suspended their search on Monday morning, and they say the investigation will continue once they get more information. Uh, then there was another update that said officials have decided to cancel the search uh, until tomorrow for the possible explosion. We'll have more on this report coming up on Mountain News. I couldn't find any more news uh, about that. But why would uh, Black Hawk helicopters and men in suits be in Perry County if, they, if it was a mine explosion, a methane buildup? I think it comes down to the same thing as the uh, the train incident. Just a good cover-up. Exactly. And to the best of my knowledge, when I was researching this, they found they found nothing. They they they, they found nothing. So, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's pretty wild. Okay. Now, some responses to the post that was made. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Somebody wrote, this is downright scary. What is even more frightening to me is the blackout. Uh, that's what I have a problem with. And uh, let's see, a Prairie County resident named Kathy Collins said, if there is no plane missing, I think it could possibly be a UFO. If there is debris, it probably burned when it hit the ground. Uh, let's see. And then some other people uh, commented on the message board, said, wasn't there a similar incident not too long ago in California off the coast, I think. Uh, more replies going to say, my husband said to me last night that there are a lot of bomb, missile, and uh, sites buried in different areas of Kentucky. Does anybody know anything about that? This is just people posting, trying to explain uh, what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, uh, here's another one. says, in the past, the blackouts and heavy presence of military and top brass could be well explained by misadventures of testing of their own technology that could be the case in kentucky and then it says y'all know they probably uh wouldn't want to be held liable for harming our citizens or property and that's you know the way i translated that because they had y'all know <laughs> so and somebody the last post said when i lived in florida there were many ufo sightings off the panhandle coast and uh, the thought by local folk was that most were military testing their own ufos it serves uh, them well to stir up fears of it being something foreign. And uh, that is all that we have on the Perry County possible UFO from December 12th, 2011. So do we know the exact location of where that the burned areas were? No, it was in between the Lothar section of Hazard and the Knott County line. So if any of our listeners have heard of this, please write in mm-hmm. and uh, give us your thoughts. If you have any more information, please share that with us. Yeah, because, I mean, that's not... That's not too terribly far away. I'd like no, to travel and, there and check it out. And that was like 10 years ago. Well, we can definitely do, because the, the fire chief from Lots Creek, I, I know him personally, and I'm sure we can definitely, when we start doing YouTube videos, that will be one we definitely need to go try to check out. Okay. Right, call and, him on the show. Hmm? Get him on the show if he wants. Definitely, about. definitely. Uh, Chris is a really good guy. Yeah. So, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh 
I'm just going to stare at you until you remember it. Okay. Well, that's that's not helping me. That's creeping me out a little bit. <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say was that was 10 years ago, and that's a UFO sighting in our area that we never heard about until we had somebody email us yeah. uh, earlier in the week. Well, now, did they actually see anything in the sky, or is it just an explosion? They saw a fiery, fiery explosion. Hmm. So That is interesting. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm... I'd, yeah, I'd like to talk to the fire chief. I'd, I'd, maybe he'll call in to talk to us. Well, we can definitely definitely try to make that happen. So, uh, What I was going to say was when we do YouTube videos where you're working out now, you are willing to walk some, correct? No. Why? I don't do that. He has a chair. We just put some nice wheels on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. I'll, uh, if I can't drive there, I mean, there's no sense in going. <clears throat> well, uh, you were outside earlier when we were reading some uh, listener email in the opening part. Uh, we had a listener said that they enjoyed Ned said, and they wanted more Ned. Well, you got it. <laughs> what what kind of Ned said you got for us this week? Oh, it's a surprise. Oh, you have to. Oh, oh we have already took care of that when you were outside. Yeah. Oh, so I, I want to hear it. You you will. Oh, you'll definitely hear it. Well, I want to hear it before the show. Why? Because I want to hear. It's nice. That's no, I feel like it's about nice. me. No, we talked about belly button Lent. Why would you think it's about you? Because you're being very secretive about it. No, we're not. Not about you. Not at all. I hate you too. No, you don't. I don't know why I hang out with you all. Because nobody else hang out with you. Well, that's depressing and accurate. No, it's not accurate. <laughs> we're very blessed to have you as a friend. Ned, shut up. And co-host. <laughs> Ned's being sincere. He's not being sincere. I am very sincere. He, he did a... not come on here to be verbally abused. That's he does exactly not appreciate right. that. Listeners, help me out here. You want? There we go. Touching the mic again. It's it's adjusted. It's wrong. It's messed up. Yeah. Hang on. I think yeah, you it's, all it's, touched it. It's it's hard to do that when we're taking a break. You to all touched the mic. it. Love his heart. Do you want to start out and read us some listener text? Sure. Uh, and you can even uh, well, me, that one. Let's see. Yeah. This is this is what I have a question about. Uh, that okay. is not a listener text. This is question, question of, of the week. week. Okay. You can let Ned read some too. Oh, it's all right. Go ahead. There you go, Ned. Please, Ned, read some. All right. So. Listener text says, uh, wanted to ask, says, have you ever had a guest join you in the bunker? No. We've never had a guest join us. We will, though. We will. Hopefully next Sunday we'll be doing the round table. We blindfold. Uh, Andy S. says, here to chew bubblegum. I have a first-hand account of an encounter. Care to hear it? I'll listen to the show for your answer, and if you do, I may email you the details. Absolutely. Yes, uh, Andy. Please let us hear it, and not to be uh, mean or hateful, why would you include, I may email you the details? You know. Been hard to get there? Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. So, thank you very much, Andy S. All right, Timmy, love the show. With the Mars rover in the news, have you been following that story? I find myself searching daily for new pics or videos. I was wondering if you guys do the same. Roswell. Yes, I do. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you, Ned? I've seen a couple of 3D pictures. They're pretty cool. And 3D the, uh, pictures? You know. High like, def. He's high, talking about yeah, the, I uh, got where you. you can go or scroll around. And then okay. I heard the, I think you or Goose sent the link for the uh, the wind. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that yeah. was Goose. Yeah. says yeah. the sound. So Dan writes, Goose and Cronkite. I read that American Airlines is not denying possible UFO sightings. Uh, or the sighting. The American Airlines passengers jet 
uh, traveling from Cincinnati to Phoenix, encountered a UFO over northeastern New Mexico Sunday afternoon. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that was last Sunday. Did you hear about that? I did hear about that. In fact, uh, I read a news story. I can't remember what I've done with it, but I had it. I was going to read it on the on the show, and it's gone. But we're not doing the news anymore, so. But uh, <laughs> don't look sad. It was your idea. Well, I mean, I, I'm good. Uh, what I liked about that is when they did you hear when people were asking for comment on what they said <laughs> what they, they, they uh, referred them to the FBI. Oh, I guarantee they. So did. Yeah. you know, I mean, that's basically saying yeah, it happened, and, and it happened. You <laughs> right. Know. Uh, Seth says hello, Goose, Cronkite, Ned, and Elliot. What's your thoughts on Easter Island and the big stone heads? If you've answered this before, I apologize, Roswell. We've never answered that before. Never mm-hmm. been asked that. I know a little bit about Easter Island, just that it has the big stone heads. That's basically all I know. I don't think anybody lives there, do they? I'm not exactly sure. I know. I mean, I'm, that, that's pretty much the extent that I know of is that they have the the giant stone statue heads. Uh, but as far as anything else, I'm not sure. Angie, she says, Cronkite and Goose, I'm from your area. With the great weather that we've had, can we expect to see the YouTube videos that you talked about previously, Roswell? Very soon. They're coming very soon. Hopefully before the end of the month. Correct, Cronkite? Hopefully. Uh, Wendy says, would you rather be able to play every musical instrument or speak every language fluently? Speak every language fluently. Every language. Yeah. So both of you say every language. Yeah. Why? Get more done in the world. I could order Mexican better. Mm-hmm. Or Italian, or French, or Russian, or Chinese, or Japanese, or Korean. Italian, French, Russian, and Japanese, Chinese. Uh, look at these places are we going to eat at around here, where we live. Well, maybe not around here, but you can go anywhere in the world. You can get a pedicure. That's true. I think I'd rather be able to play every musical instrument, because then I could make enough money to learn every language. Ha-ha! Yeah, but you wouldn't have the brain capacity to learn Yes, I would. You wouldn't. But the thing is, though, you know how to play it. doesn't mean you'll play it good. That's true. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You guys got some more? Uh, I've got one from Cronkite is the man. So my father-in-law had an x-ray on his lungs a few days ago, and they discovered a dot on his lungs. I don't know. Uh, so he had to have a follow-up x-ray a few days later, which turned out to be his nipple. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, I mean... As, uh, I hope that made you laugh and feel better about your nipples, Crunk Out. What? Did, well, did I say something about my nipples? Yeah, you were talking about them last week when you were working out. So I mean, they got to be like hard to show up, like, you know what I'm saying? Like show up on an x-ray? Yeah. Thick, very thick nipples. <laughs> That's crazy. Can you send us those x-rays? I'm curious now. Wow. Uh, it's a little nipply in here. Yeah. Uh, some guy wrote, what movie have you watched more than eight times? Top Gun. What about you? Maximum Overdrive. Oh, that's a good one. Days of Thunder. Uh, why? It's a race car movie. Okay. I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> you shouldn't. What's, uh, what's a movie you've watched more than eight times? Uh, Walk Hard. Stupid. Walk Hard. Stupid. Have you ever watched Walk Hard? You're stupid. Have you ever watched Walk Hard? Is that the one with The Rock? No. Then no, I haven't. This was the one with John C. Riley, <laughs> Dewey Cox. Nope. 
They machete fight. Oh, good. You know what I'm talking uh, about? The Johnny Cash? Yeah, yeah. That is a hilarious movie. I have watched that over eight times. I've probably watched Steve Martin's The Jerk over eight times. Have you ever watched The Hateful Eight? Yes. It's a good movie. I've watched it. Maybe I've not watched that. What Was, was that that Western one? Yes, but it's very, very bad language. Now, was that the one where they were in like the... The it's got store uh, thing in the winter. Yeah, it's got Sam Jackson okay. and uh, I've saw that one time. Yeah, it's got a very very harsh, wild language in it. And what Tarantino movie doesn't? Exactly, but just just be prepared if you decide to watch it. I've already watched. it I'm not one talking time. to you. I'm talking to the listeners. Well, why are you looking at me when you're saying that? But where am I supposed to look, that's Goose? That's your mic. There you go. It's a lot better. I don't, I don't know if he's saying that's a lot better or your phone going <laughs> off is a lot better. It's not my phone. Uh, my last one says Terry. is It's from Terry. Uh, female Terry. Stop that. That's freaking me out now. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm looking right here. This I is love the conspiracy theories. I think we need more of those. I agree. I think it's an excellent idea. We should do, totally do more conspiracy theories. <laughs> well, Ned said is our resident conspiracy guy, so... Yes, he is. That would have to be a Ned said thing. Well, that sounds good to me. What conspiracies do you want us to talk about? Let us know. Yep. So, so, when, so when I need to read these next questions, can I look away from my mic? Or yes, you please be do. self-conscious about yes, it? Yes, please do. <laughs> and what questions are you going to read? You're going to read responses. Yeah, I'm really reading responses. So I guess you're talking about our question of the week responses. Mm-hmm. All right, stop that now. <laughs> uh, when the aliens are revealed to us, what is your number one question that you are dying to know? That was our question of the week last week. Mm-hmm. And Bobby says, how long they've been involved with Earth? Craig wants to know, why'd you stop here? Probably for gas. Get <laughs> some snacks. Yeah, some snacks. <laughs> uh, Andrew says, would you be willing to teach us whatever method you presumably presumably used to travel faster than light to make it the earth. And James says, what should we stop doing? Phil wrote, why won't you take the Kardashians back? That's a good one. (laughs) Eli says, how in the world did they build them pyramids? Uh, Hart. Is that right? Yeah. Hart says, why the anal probing? John says, do all aliens get along with each other and how? Mayhem asks if uh, ask if they are looking at us or are we looking at them, and for either reason and either what reason. Brad says, "Do they really use anal probes, and why?" Toast Wang <laughs> says, "What do they do for fun? Sports, films, drugs, hobbies, etc." Wind Seven says, "So have you ever been abducted by aliens?" Glenn says, "That's a. Why did you abduct me?" Wait, wait, wait. That, that's a good one. That's an interesting question. So, one. when you ask uh, an alien, "Have you ever been abducted by aliens?" <laughs> my mind hurts now. So how many more do you guys have? We got two. You got two. Let me read one more, and I'll let you guys read your two, and then I'll finish. A uh, friend of the show, John Vance, says, uh, "What is it that we truly are, and what is out in the cosmos?" Uh, Cronkite. This is part of that same question from Win7. I'm sorry. Uh, It says, uh, so have you ever been abducted by aliens? This is from Win7. On a serious note, I guess I would ask them what their concept of time was and if they have ever been able to time travel, showing them the H.G. Wells novel. There you go. 
Novrum says, what I would ask an extraditional is, what? Extraditional. Oh, yeah, I got confused. Okay, there it is. With your advanced technology and knowledge, can you help us on Earth with some of our most serious problems, like the pandemic and global warming? And Robert says, we all know, um, we all know you fly by and throw your cats out the, out and fly off. Question is why? And ladybugs. <laughs> and ladybugs. So if they fly by and throw cats out, you think crazy Amy collects yeah. them? Yeah, hundred percent what she does. <laughs> Our then she new, goes down and washes them at the river. Well, that'll work too. Our new question of the week. What is one conspiracy theory you do not believe? What is one conspiracy theory you do not believe? You can always call, text, or leave a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396. You can also email us. You can email Goose at Goose at here to chewbubblegum.com or myself, Cronkite at here to chewbubblegum.com. You can even talk to Ned and Elliot by messaging um, here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Please put in the subject line, attention, Ned or Elliot, whichever one you want to speak with. You can also reach us at our Facebook page. Great. So, Ned, I'm going to pose that question to you. What is one conspiracy theory you do not believe? That birds are drones. You don't believe that? No. You've said that several times to me. No, you said it to me. Cronkite? Ned. I don't believe it. It, you know, it's cool, but it's a cool thought, but no, don't believe it. What about you? I believe we landed on the moon. Well, this is that you do not believe. I know. So well, you the, do the, not believe we landed no, on the moon. No, the conspiracy theory is that we didn't land on the moon. I believe 100% that we landed on the moon. Okay. Why? Huh? Did you why? say I'm wrong? No, I said why. Be- why? Because I do. Okay. There's overwhelming evidence that we landed on the moon. There's overwhelming evidence that birds are drones. There is not. <laughs> but you goose. Uh, for me, I think it is the, uh, and we talked about this, I think, on Friday, the uh, story of the plane that vanished and 37 years later reappeared mm. and landed. Uh, I think that may have started out as a creepypasta. Uh, are you actually familiar with that? Pan Am Flight 914 from New York to Miami. Okay. Uh, I don't believe that. I think that that started out as a creepypasta, and I've not researched that a whole lot. But there's actually a show on Netflix about it. It's pretty on unique. on the What's Pan Am. It? It's it's about well it's not the exact flight, but it's about the plane yeah. that goes missing. And yeah, and it was back. like ten years mm-hmm. later. Yeah, I saw a couple episodes what, of that. What, that what was show was that? Show. Oh, I have to get you exact name of it. It's it, it was on NBC for a while. Yeah, hmm. it's pretty interesting. Yes, yes, it was. Well, that's going to do it for this week. We want to say special thanks to. I want to say special thanks to Carlin uh, for all the voiceover work. CK, Uncle Bill, ST3B, and the rest of the gang over at DeadPit.com. T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomTshirts.com. James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the gang over at The Edge, or the Edge Studios. That's The Edge Studios, T-H, number son three, uh, Edge Studios. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, FastCustomShirts.com, not FastCustomTshirts.com. Did I say T-Shirts? Yes, you I'm did. very sorry. FastCustomShirts.com. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully next week we'll have our first ever roundtable, uh, if everyone can make it. If they can't make it, I think we may do a practice roundtable, because I like this right now. You know, me, you, Ned, we may do a practice roundtable next week to prepare us for the actual roundtable, if we can't schedule the roundtable next week. All right. What do you think about that, Ned? Hmm. Like a spelling bee. Use your words. (laughs) Use your words. (laughs)
We'll see you. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week. And until then, so long for now. Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.